Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. Uh, my name is Ralph, and um, Deserts of Plenty is really a podcast that's grown out of, I think if I had to put it in one single little phrase, how basically comfort is killing us, how the ex- easy accessibility of so many experiences and things is really having a very detrimental effect on us as a society and as human beings. So. You know, some quick examples, we are awash in calories, but nutrition is becoming increasingly harder to come by. We are awash in uh, experiences, you know, you can pick up your phone and have food delivered to your door in seconds. You can swipe right on or left on hundreds, if not thousands of people, but real connection is lacking. And we are awash in information, but knowledge is becoming increasingly difficult. In fact, I've said this before, but there's a quote from uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb in his book, The Black Swan, where he opines that the more you read newspapers, the less you know. And I was like, yes, that's absolutely true. It's like the more you read, the more you investigate, the less really you know. And um, yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't know if that's by design. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but certainly there's, it seems like uh, maybe it's just the fact that we all live in bubbles and whatever you want to believe, it's easy to go out and find evidence that your beliefs are true and uh, really have to question what you believe way more than what you don't believe anymore. Um, yeah, and I I think that this this easy accessibility of things, of comfort, of ease, it's killing us. We, we, we don't have resilience anymore. We don't know, or I shouldn't say we don't have resilience anymore. That's not true. Some people do, but increasingly we are becoming less resilient. Uh, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways to go through life in this way. I don't mean to make a dichotomy, but you can either, I guess, go along hoping that nothing bad ever happens to you, which of course is not going to be the reality. Because as Dostoevsky said, life is suffering. Things, bad things are going to happen to you and to the people around you. Uh, Or you can live life uh, being prepared and being in a position that when bad stuff comes, you're more resilient and more able to deal with it. Anyway, that's kind of what the podcast is about. These are the conversations that I get into and and think about. And uh, like all podcasts... To me, the the thing I love about podcasting is I can talk directly to people. There's no middle person who's going to try to maximize profits or, or edit it to fit a certain thing. I say things, you hear them, you let me know. And I, I'm always open to feedback. I love hearing feedback and the feedback I've gotten has been great and I want more. So please, even if you want to say, Ralph, I think you're full of crap. Say that I don't mind. I'm uh, I've had the blessed experience of having my ego shattered a couple of times, and so what's nice about that? Not at the moment, it's tough, but in in hindsight or afterwards, it's like, oh, I now know for a fact that I am not my thoughts. And having paradigm shifts don't um, seem to have they don't seem to hurt anymore. I'm sure they do somewhat, but they don't. Uh, I'm I'm open to them, and I know that even if I did change my mind uh, or learn something that 
shattered me. I know oh, I, I can come back from it. The first time it happened, I didn't know I'd ever come back from it. I thought, oh, my whole identity is shattered. <laughs> and that's a very discombobulating experience, but ultimately a good one because like all tough things, they're, they're hard in the moment, right? But to overcome the tough things, you know, look at yourself and address the real things you don't like about yourself. Um, you know, it's easier to live in denial about things, but when you can confront it and that's hard and overcome it, uh, that feels so good when you can, you know, move past something and realize you did that. It's like telling the truth. You know, I've never, I've never been honest with someone and then afterwards was like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Because even when those conversations are hard, when you move past them, you feel good because it was tough. And uh, as I said to my daughter all the time, we do these things because they are hard and they will, they will make us more resilient. And then other things that will seem hard will seem less by, you know, by comparison, like, right, like the, the pandemic, living through that lockdown, especially in Toronto, where we were locked down, I think we were the longest continuous lockdown of any city in the world, or we're way up there. Uh, and, uh, but other than, you know, after having had that experience, now anything that doesn't involve my health or my mortality or the health mortality of people close to me, like what, what else am I going to face? That's that bad. It's hard to think of something. And so now, you know, breakups, no big deal. I'll get past that, you know, um, having to move or other things that, and, and of course, I'm not talking about the really the huge tragic events in our lives, like mortality of people we love, but just the day to day vexations that happen are like that's nothing i live through a, i live through a pandemic that's uh that's easy all right so today uh what i want to get to is i um i as an empath or savior personality or um i've had my run-ins with narcissists and i've received some feedback from people because i've talked pr previously on this podcast about narcissists and when i talk to people in you, you know face to face uh, they're often, we'll have conversations about this and, and I've received a lot of positive feedback and, and negative feedback too, to be quite honest about things. Uh, in fact, one posted thing I posted publicly, I had a person who I didn't even know who I assume was a narcissist, take me to task for being mean to narcissists when all I was doing was explaining what I'm going to do today, which is my narcissist survival guide. This is for particularly empaths. Uh, or savior personality types, but for anybody who's been taken in by a narcissist, been conned, uh, gotten wrapped up and involved in their world, only to eventually, hopefully, untangle yourself from it uh, and then live with guilt because of how could you fall for something like that uh, and how to survive it. And um, so I, this is a, a 10 point guide uh, about the narcissist survival guide, and I'm going to go through them uh, fairly quickly uh, because you can always re-listen to it again or, you know, do your own stuff. Like, yeah, I, I guess I should keep saying this. Nothing here. I'm not an advice giver. This is all for informational purposes only. Like, this is the kind of stuff I wish I was aware of when I was going through my narcissist stuff. I might have recognized things sooner, and then I would have 
hopefully taken steps to extricate myself or at least protect myself rather than continuing to tell myself I must be a bad person because this person that was so lovely to me at one point is now a monster to me. So I guess I've done something wrong and I better do everything I can to fix it. But that's all part of the deception. So here's my 10 point uh, survival guide. Uh, here we go. Number one, uh, break contact. Now, the only way to win against a narcissist is not to play their game. Uh, you, you know, they can't be reasoned with, explained to, get out. I, I, in one uh, example or one time with a narcissist, I was able to make that person see what they had done. Uh, and that was a Herculean effort to get them there. And when I finally forced them to see, they just said, whatever, why are you getting so worked up? And you want to go and pull your hair out. So number one, break contact. And if you must contact them, this is number two, if you must be in contact with them for some reason, settling affairs, uh, whatever, uh, remember the acronym BIFF, B-I-F-F, which is stands for Brief, Informative, Friendly, and Firm. Now, a narcissist's greatest goal is to unbalance you so much that you react. That's all they want, creating drama, getting upset. Uh, that's what feeds them. So by keeping your head, you cut off the feeding tube and they'll turn, they'll turn their attention elsewhere. So Biff, brief, informative, friendly, and firm. And we think, continue to think about responding, not reacting. Remember, reacting is what they want. And so if you react, you give them what they want and it'll be harder to extricate yourself. Number three, forgive yourself. Now, narcissists have, you know, started from the time they were quite young, learning how to manipulate people. You know, they've trained their whole lives for you. They've practiced love bombing, manipulation, grand gestures, controlling, and seeing themselves as a martyr so much that they're masters at it. And so in my mind, when they set their sights on you or me or, or, or someone else, it's too late, right? You've already lost, uh, you know, uh, another thing about narcissists, they, they specialize in projection. So they blame you for the very things from which they themselves are guilty. You know, I, the narcissists in my life have called me the narcissist. So much so that I was like, well, maybe I am. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I don't think I am because of my empathy, but who knows? Anyway, it's uh, the other thing that they'll do is they'll insist, you know, that you observe their boundaries while simultaneously bashing down yours. And you and point out that double standard, you just get whatever. So forgive yourself and realize there's no way to win. Like you're never going to make them see the light of day. Uh, remember number four, you're not crazy. Now their ability to gaslight is off the charts. You know, they can create fiction and in the moment of its creation, come to believe that reality, right? And then again, even if you can hold their feet to the fire and make them see that they're wrong, you'll just get a whatever and they'll refuse to believe it or they'll say, what's the big deal? And it's really infuriating, but it's by design. And, you know, when, one thing you know or suspect that you're with a narcissist is if you have that feeling of like the next time we have a conversation, I'm going to record it. So I know I'm not crazy because they have their own version of reality. In fact, you'll often hear them say things like, oh, my memory is really bad. I don't have a good memory. Uh, and that's not true. They do have, they have a great memory. They just conveniently forget things that they want to forget. Uh, number five, uh, don't let the lies they tell about you, the third parties get to you. It's very hard having other people believe negative things about you, 
but try to rise above it and trust that those people someday will see the truth. Live your best life and trust those people that they'll figure it out. It's really hard. I mean, none of this is easy. Uh, it took me a long time to implement these things, but my life is so much better as a result of it. Number six, remember, the narcissist has no ability to see within themselves, and thus they will be miserable the rest of their lives. In this case, karma is, uh, you know, cruel to them. And while they'll be miserable the rest of their lives, you'll have an opportunity to thrive. So, you know, narcissists, there's some childhood trauma that they've had, and that's what causes them to be that way, generally. And so they're, they're, they're going to be miserable. And so, and that, I bring that up because it's a little easier to forgive, I think, to remember, oh, as much damage as they've done to me, I'm going to have, a, I can have, still have a great life. They never will. And, and that just helps, to me, it helped me move on to realize, oh, I, I still have an opportunity. They don't. Uh, number seven, practicing gratitude. You know, your narcissist has given you the gift of self-reliance, introspection, strength. Uh, they helped forge who you are. And now uh, in that they've given you kind of a gift, you know, so recognize how much more resilient you are, the strength you have, the ability maybe hopefully next time to see a narcissist coming and, you know, head them off, you know, and, and narcissists like, like a shark, they are who they are. You know, they're small, tiny people with no capacity for love. They're pitiable. They really are. They're small and pitiable and not worth your time. Rise above it. Again, I realize this is incredibly hard to do, but these are things that we work on and try to get better. You know, practicing gratitude. Thank you for showing me who you are. Number eight, you are not alone. I have spoken to so many people who have narcissist stories and, uh, especially if one is an empath or savior personality type, uh, we are like the feeding trough for narcissists because of our, our, our infinite capacity to make everybody else's problems, our problems and get involved with other people and try to help them. That's what we do. We build people up. We, we support, you know, we get our, our greatest joy in making other people happy and being recognized for that. And, uh, and narcissist, you know, just like vampires, just suck that up. Number nine, talk about it. Find friends who will listen without judgment and who won't offer to fix everything, right? So uh, if you don't have that person, contact me. I'll talk about this stuff forever. And uh, I've done so much work in overcoming this stuff, you know, or find a therapist. I mean, if you're a friend of mine, find me. I mean, I'll talk to you about it. But again, I'm not a therapist and I cannot help you with your individual problems, but I can listen. And I can listen with empathy and without judgment because I've been there and I've done it. And boy, it's been hard. And finally, number 10, Narcissist Survival Guide. Living well is the best revenge. Go out, live your life, be happy. It will destroy them to see you living happily while they continue to be miserable and they won't understand it. But part of that is just not, not holding a grudge, not, not wanting them to be miserable, just not even thinking about them. Just like, you know, again, like to me, I, I like the analogy of a shark, a shark that you got into a pool with and they tried to bite you. Well, of course they they're a shark. I don't hold a grudge against a shark, but I'll tell you what, I'm not getting back in that water with that shark again. You know, I'm not, I'm not redoing anything, but I can kind of let it go. And I can think about it. Right. And, and forgiveness too, is another one. If I had number 11 is forgiving, 
And forgiveness, remember, is not about the other person. It's about yourself. You forgive people who transgressed against you, not because you want them back in or you think they're good people, but forgiving lets you move forward, right? You don't get over the grudge and get over the hurt and get over the like, oh, I really want to tear you down because of what you did to me. So if you can let it go, that's uh, going to be, that's going to um, make you much happier and better. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Uh, the Narcissist Survival Guide. Please leave your comments. Uh, message me if you want. You can reach me at ralph at socap.ca. That's S-O-C-A-P as in peter.ca. That's my company, the SoCap Comedy Theater. I'm an improv teacher. Bet you didn't know that. Maybe you did. I don't know. Either way, I am not in any way trained. Like, you know, I don't have an, I'm not an academic in terms of my psychology background. I don't have a psychology background. I am a keen observer of human beings. Uh, that's my special superpower. Uh, okay, so you have a great week, y'all. And uh, we'll see you back here next time for more Deserts of Plenty.